0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Back at it again at the 5 o'clock hour. And listen, uh, Patrick Mahomes does it again. We talked about it earlier. He wins his second Super Bowl MVP to go along with the regular season MVP, Kansas City. Wins 38-35 over the Eagles, and uh, Chris, you know, at least we got a fantastic game. This wasn't one of those games where we were, like, dying for action. Uh, This was two elite quarterbacks against uh, two good defenses that just really went to work, especially Patrick Mahomes going up against the Eagles defense, which has been one of the best best defenses all season.
2: You know, we didn't talk about this earlier, but we didn't need to watch the game uh, yesterday. Nate Burleson of the NFL Network actually correctly picked the final score of the game. Is that right? 38-35. He said Mahomes like would be the MVP. He really is. He yeah, pretty good <laughs> job by Nate Burleson. I know, the guy's taking over the world. <laughs> he has, and he's good at all of it. He's taking over the world. Isn't he on Good Morning America? Yeah, he, he is. Went, he went from good wide receiver
1: to okay wide receiver. it oh, yeah. wasn't great. Wait,
3: he was on the Lions when nobody cared about the Lions.
1: He was a, went from good wide receiver to, what, NFL analyst on CBS? Was it CBS he was I with? Think so. And, and now he's moved to he's, Good Morning America. He was
3: uh, Good Morning Football for a long good time, Good Morning too.
2: Football. Yeah, Nate yeah. Burleson taking over the Doing world. It. I saw his uh, – we were in uh, Reno with the uh, women's basketball team last week, and they have a big uh, – they have a big poster of him up on campus there. I, I didn't realize he had gone there. But oh, that's I That's right, uh, he did. I didn't know he's, that either. Uh, I mean, he's taken over everything. But, yeah, he he correctly picked the score and, you know, obviously had Mahomes as MVP. So he could have saved us all the trouble. Yeah, yeah. it was, <laughs> you know, look, this is, as we talked about before, Tony, this was just a, a more of a coronation for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, it, get used to it. it, it this is going to be happening for a while. I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to win the Super Bowl every year but he's going to have a chance to win the super bowl every year and somebody's going to have to beat him somewhere along the line either Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence if he can get good enough Trey Lance I didn't get to the <laughs> NFC yet <laughs> but somebody's going to have to knock him off i mean yeah. that that's the only. i mean he's going to be the the super bowl championship's going to go through Patrick Mahomes the same way it went through Tom Brady for you know a decade and a half and and i just don't think there's any question look they, he's won two Super Bowls now. Think about this. In both Super Bowls, he was down 10 points in the second half. Obviously, the 49er game, which I love to bring up. <laughs> he was down. <laughs> do you? I never noticed. 20-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and I believe the 49ers had the ball. They did. With about eight minutes to play, and Mahomes ends up scoring three touchdowns right at the end to win that game. And then again, he's down 10 points in the second half yesterday, down in the fourth quarter. I, I saw a stat yesterday and i I just it didn't stay up on the screen long enough for me to read it fully but i think it said patrick mahomes has now won seven consecutive games in the playoffs in which he is trailed entering the fourth quarter wow that's ridiculous i mean you're trailing heading into the fourth quarter he's won seven in a row so and he he's done he did the whole playoff thing this year on one ankle he really did. You know, I mean, he that really that's the other thing. He wasn't even 100%. He never had a full complement of wide receivers. I mean, it didn't seem to matter. Go back to the AFC Championship game. He didn't have Juju Smith-Schuster. No, he did He didn't have Kadarius Tony. No, he did. We know he didn't have Tyreek Hill the whole season, but he made use of Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the championship game. Where was he yesterday? Yeah, he didn't right. need him yesterday because he had, he had Schuster. I mean, it doesn't seem to matter who the receivers are. Uh, you know, he's going to get the job done. And he got it done yesterday. He was just, you know, that much better than Jalen Hurts. I mean, the Chiefs had the ball four times in the second half. They scored three touchdowns and kicked that last field goal.
4: That, so,
1: I mean, how are you going to beat that? That's the, that's the scary part, right, is, you know, I thought Jalen Hurts elevated himself in the way he played yesterday. The sad part for him is Patrick Mahomes is only 27. I mean, I know he's 24, but for the foreseeable future, he'll have to at least go through him. And that's not even – and that goes the same for Joe Burrow. That goes the same for all of these excellent quarterbacks. For now, it, 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 it's it's not Tom Brady, but it's that same effect that Tom Brady had early, right? Oh, man, we're going to have to go through – that guy's name is now Patrick Mahomes in order to get to where you're going. I, the other thing that last night made me think of was – you know now that Patrick Mahomes is that guy, right? He he has the talent to win titles and carry teams, right? We don't know if the front office for the Chiefs can execute a roster in which the Patri- in the way that the Patriots were were able to do it for a sustained amount of time, right? That's the one element that is really a question mark. Can they afford or figure out a way to maneuver to keep enough pieces in place, particularly offensive line, and, you know, a good enough defense to keep Patrick Mahomes in a striking distance on a year-in, year-out basis as we saw the Patriots do for so long. That is really the only unknown question. Assuming Patrick Mahomes stays healthy, you know, based on what you just finished talking about in terms of the wide receiver core that he did or didn't have at times, he's good enough to get whoever there. Can the pieces be put in place around him moving forward for him to have a legitimate chance to chase right now the ghost of Tom Brady?
2: Yeah, that's about the only thing he's chasing right now is Tom Brady. I mean, he's already done everything else uh, at this, uh, you know, what, six years into his career. He's got two MVPs and two Super Bowl and two Super Bowl MVPs. Look, So far, the Chiefs organization has passed with flying colors on their first test. They have. Because if you go back a couple of years when they lost that Super Bowl to Tampa Bay, it was all about the offensive line. They could not protect him, and uh, they ended up not even getting a touchdown in that game. I think they kicked three field goals. But obviously, they have uh, taken care of the offensive line. The offensive line was masterful yesterday. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got hit maybe three or four times. Never got sacked. Uh, I didn't see Hassan Reddick anywhere. In the stat sheet, you know, I mean, this guy's one of the most dominant players in the league all year long. So the Chiefs' offensive line has been upgraded. The other uh, test that they passed, Tony, is that they obviously figured out the right player to allow to walk at the end of last season in Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I mean, they were criticized heavily for it, and the the whole thing was, how are the Chiefs going to be the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill? Obviously, they knew they could still be the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill. Uh, it's not like Tyreek Hill was, you know, they let him go, and his career was on the downslide. I mean, he went to Miami and had an all-pro type of season, so yeah. he was fantastic. But they realized right. that he was the guy that they could afford to get rid of, and there were other guys they couldn't afford to get rid of, uh, one being Travis Kelsey.
1: Yeah, I, that's I mean right. I
2: think he's linked, he's linked to Patrick Mahomes the same way Gwyn is – Linked to Chris, at least I hope. I mean, <laughs> you know this guy. <laughs> this guy is unbelievable. He's always open. He never drops the ball. He wide had six, open. He had six targets yesterday and six catches. You know, the only thing surprising about that is that he didn't have more than six targets. But you know, Kelsey's, you know, Mahomes is, uh, you know, left hand, if if you will. But uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to be able to make all the right moves. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to win the Super Bowl every single year. No. Um but he he's going to win a couple more. He's I mean, unless you know, unless something else unforeseen happens, he's going to be right there and everybody's going to have to knock him off. You know what's um, kind of annoying if you're a Giants fan
3: is that you gave away Kadarius Tony for nothing. And it's kind of annoying to me too that Kadarius Tony has had a perpetual hamstring injury his entire career. And then in the Super Bowl, he scores a touchdown and he returns a, what, 65-yard punt? Longest I, punt
2: return in
1: Super I Bowl history. I thought it was
3: going to happen. I remember Chris saying that. Like, it's never happened, it's never happened, and then it almost did. But yeah, there's, there's never been there a punt return yeah. for coming out of nowhere.
1: That was a great punt return, by the way, too, because he was he he was was locked in on that left side over there with an all green around him, and he somehow got around. You know, the other thing I thought was interesting, Chris, about that game, I it's hard to remember a time where— offensive lines dominated the way they did and I mean because usually one of those sides breaks
2: usually somebody somewhere gets to the
1: quarterback but but both offensive lines played terrific you just had I just think the difference was Patrick Mahomes was a little bit better than Jalen hurts Jalen hurts had the the one turnover versus Patrick Mahomes who, who who didn't have one, yeah. and that turned out to be probably the biggest one of the biggest play. There are a bunch of big plays in that game. Uh, yeah. We can talk about. The, we we talked about the penalty already, um, but. Ultimate or the, the the penalty that some thought wasn't a penalty, yeah. Uh, but it, it was pretty clear. I mean, I think at the end of the day, when the player himself admits that he he it yelled, kinda it kind of takes away the discussion, it really does. Kind of takes really away does. the it discussion. It should
3: because I'm seeing a lot of Eagles fans that are on the 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 my side of things where we're very angry when the 49ers lost, but now the Eagles are right there because this one was stolen from us. No, wasn't. it wasn't. It wasn't a penalty. Tony and I were talking before the show. If you didn't give up 24 points in the second half, you wouldn't have lost that game. No. You were leading by 10 points, as Chris said, Well, Nick going Sirianni, into halftime.
2: Nick Sirianni said as much. And, and, he did And, say and the as Eagles much. handled it with a, with a lot of class. I don't think anybody in the Eagles complained. They complained a lot more about the field conditions. Both sides did than that. Than they did yeah. about the officials. But I'm going to go back to the offensive lines. There was two sacks in the game. Both sacks were when Jalen Hurst was running away from pressure and was forced out of bounce, bounds right. behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> he
1: didn't actually sack him. So nobody
2: actually <laughs> sacked anybody in the game. So both offensive lines uh, deserve a ton of credit for what they did. Um, you know, I, I think if there's one downer, you know, for the for the Eagles fans, it, it's that their defense could not come through at all. And, you know, we're giving all the credit to Patrick Mahomes as we should. We're giving the credit to the offensive line, giving the credit to Andy Reid, giving the credit to Eric bien But remember what people were saying about this Eagles defense before the game. No team had ever had as many sacks in a season since the 85 Bears. I mean, people were comparing this to some of the great defenses of all time. Uh, Let me tell you something. The 2000 Baltimore Ravens would not have given up 38 points. The 85 Bears would not have given up... Thirty-eight points. No the, the steel curtain wouldn't have given up thirty-eight points. The doomsday defense, the purple people. I mean, there's a ton of defenses that wouldn't have given up thirty-eight points. So, the Eagles' defense has to shoulder the blame ultimately for this loss. They couldn't come up with one single
1: play anywhere along the line in the entire game. They have to shoulder the blame because there is no one, nowhere else to look. No, the offense played dynamite. Yeah, I mean, outside of the turnover. Um, the offense was was terrific. So Are we talking, we're talking the Eagles' offense, right? Yeah, yeah it was Chris very Watkins,
3: good. though, that that was a huge drop down at the end of the game. Well, was mean, it was easy. a tough catch, but was it was a to very say. tough catch. But when Greg Olson said it should be caught, I'm gonna. Well, well if Greg Olson says it should listen, be caught, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll
1: tell Greg Olson the same thing that I've been told. It's a lot easier sitting up in that booth to uh, say somebody <laughs> should catch a ball. As it was in his
2: hands. Field. It was
1: in his hands. If he comes up dive. with it, it's a terrific it catch. It would have been a
2: phenomenal catch, and that would have been a big play. But you know what? The Eagles uh, cashed in on just about every opportunity. I mean, this is what you want. I mean, you had two punts for the Chiefs, you had two punts for the Eagles, you had the one turnover that Jalen Hurts, you know, somehow dropped that ball. He had butter. He was eating popcorn during the that, that's funny. <laughs> Um, that that was it yeah the offenses were not stopped at all on any other possession the rest of the game so um you know that's that's fun Super Bowl but that's also the way the NFL is now yeah I mean the the NFL high scoring football, you know uh, rules put in play to favor the offense and frankly the last you know few Super Bowls. Teams have not taken advantage of it. I mean, I, you know, look, the, the, the Chiefs 49er game was 20-10 to until the final six or seven minutes. We had a Rams-Patriots game that was 13-3. to Last year, the Rams and Bengals was only 23-20. to This was really the first Super Bowl that I can think of, you know, under this new style of NFL football where teams race up and down the field where the Super Bowl was played that way. And yeah. I, I think
1: that was to all of our delight. It was that was a, it was a well played game, um, up and down both sides. Um, and listen, we said it before. We said it before we went to the weekend. That's what we all hoped for in a Super Bowl. We just didn't want a, a, a terrible game ultimately. And fortunately for us, we were able to get that. All right, let's uh, get to break. When we come back, we'll talk more. Bo Melvin spoke with the media in Peoria will play some of that sound Is there for you. Padre baseball season coming yeah, up? It's officially oh, it's, started, it's officially baby! Padre season. Morgan and Chris on the way.
5: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTMobile.com.
2: Welcome back to the program. Gwyn and Chris, more happy hour action on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3, the fan. Chris Hello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby. Together in our Odyssey Palace studios, of course, uh, Super Bowl 57 is in the books. And that means, guys, as we said earlier, it is now officially baseball season. Yes, sir. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. It is time to focus (laughs) in on the national pastime. And, of course, we in San Diego are especially focused on the upcoming baseball season. It should be a great year. Bob Melvin meeting with the media down in Peoria. By the way, Tony Gwynn Junior, when are you uh do you have a uh, I have a date, a date yet but it are you the, sharing it with anybody yet? Yeah, or are no, you I'm, just I'm, uh, holding as, that close to your vest? No,
1: no. As of now I I will be headed out on the twenty second. But that could change if uh my daughter and uh the Mount Carmel Sun Devils advance far enough in I the might, soccer playoffs yes, which I get underway tonight, tonight for your daughter. Yes, a, play-in a uh, play at home, in game. Play in game still canyon.
2: Against Steel Canyon. Yes. How, are, how is Steel Canyon? I have no idea. <laughs> you haven't done a scouting uh, <laughs> what? report? Haven't, you haven't seen film? <laughs>
1: <laughs> haven't seen film. Haven't known nothing about them. Yeah. So. Okay. Well,
2: right. I'm going to go ahead and predict a one nothing victory. I like that. For one, Mount one Carmel. I like mil. that. And not only tonight am I predicting a one nothing victory, but... For every game moving forward. <laughs> They're just going to win every game 1-0. to nil. You think that's pretty safe, huh? one Pretty safe. I'm just going to go 1-0 and see if that holds up. What is, uh, and hopefully you will not be able to go to Peoria on time because your daughter will still be in the postseason. What's the scoring like in high school soccer? Is one-nil.
1: it a lot? It's, it's, no, it's about
3: 1-0. I think there's been a couple games this year that's been four goals combined, but... Because at um, when I was when I was leaving LCC on Friday, I went in to watch a little bit of the JV girls' game, and it was halftime, and it was twenty nine to three LCC at oh halftime. Lord. So I was in soccer? Wondering- no, no, no. This was basketball. I just oh, uh, I thought we were talking. Oh soccer no, what are you too? talking about? I was like, because the scoring is just all
2: over the place. I was wondering if it was like eight to seven games. No, no, they they still have to put that. That uh, golden ball into the back of the net. It's not easy to do. But Tony Gwynn Jr.'s daughter will accomplish it at least twice in postseason play. That
1: would be nice.
2: That would be nice. That would make for good moods all around the Gwynn household. Uh, Speaking of good moods, uh, Padres are certainly in a great mood ahead of spring training. Bob Melvin down in Peoria. Let's hear some of his comments ahead of the Padres' uh, spring training. And uh, First up in this segment uh bob melvin asked about where this padre roster ranks among some of the best rosters he has ever managed in his career i have a feeling it's going to be pretty high
4: i've had really good teams i, I don't know that i've had more you know so-called star players um, so that that adds to it as well but that's where we are as an organization right now you know we have a lot of star players here we seem to Bring another one in every few weeks or so, and uh, you know it's been it's been neat to see because the the fan base has really followed it and embraced it. And when you have this many you know household names, it just adds to you know the excitement coming into spring training. To not only people getting out here, but certainly for opening day.
2: You know, it's funny he mentions that they seem to be adding a star player every few weeks. You know, it's gotten to the point, Tony, where when I hear a whisper. Late last week, that Ronald Acuna Jr. might be in a contract snafu, as it were, with the Atlanta Braves. And and again, this is just a off the cuff report. But the first thing I think of is, oh, should the Padres investigate that? I mean, you know, they're they've gotten everybody else. Why not bring Ronald Acuna Jr. in if he's not happy in Atlanta? Uh, I, I'm not expecting that to happen, but. I think that's the position that the Padres have put us all in. We we have expectations now of, yeah. of everything.
1: I hadn't heard that but uh I'm if if uh, if I'm the Braves I'm certainly like, "Well, Ronald, you just signed a 7-year, 100 million dollar deal there." Yes,
2: and it was a deal it, for it, it, the Braves yeah, and I, I think he I, now realizes I, that. I, I don't
1: know what to t- tell you, you know, yeah, you have no, to come I agree. back. Uh but no, I mean, listen, that is that is the um the era of Padre baseball that we're in is that you can never you can expect the unexpected yeah. in in this case. So, uh, listen. I, I, for me, I just think I'm I, I'm looking forward to these guys getting to work. You know, I, you know, I love to have the, those conversations. Um, you know, I, I guess those conversations are still live ball conversations until we get to the twenty fourth or whenever the first workout is in terms of best rosters Bob Melvin has and things of that nature. Those are fun conversations, but at the end of the day. It's about these guys getting to work and, and starting to actually take steps towards what we hope is is the, the ultimate finale, and that's a, a World Series title. So uh, that's the exciting part for me, but I'm sure Bob gets to walk into his office every day, look at that whiteboard. And look at the names that he gets to deal with in terms of what the lineup looks like. And he with probably
2: the... misses the golden days of the Oakland A's. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't <laughs> miss those days at all. At all. No. Uh, Padres starting rotation is a question that a lot of people have and exactly how that's going to play out. Obviously, we know Darvish and Musgrove and Snell are there. But what about the rest of the starting rotation? Bob Melvin was asked about that.
4: Still talking about that a little bit. We have time for that. We, you know, we've mapped out the, you know, the, the five that we know are going to be in the rotation, and then there are going to be some spots that where other guys are going to get an audition for it. So, it doesn't necessarily mean that if we do go six, that that six guy has to be stretched out to x amount of pitches. Um, but it, you know, it, as of right now, there's no decision on whether we're going five or six man rotation.
2: That's Bob Melvin uh, charging up the truck and pulling out (laughs) of Dodge there to go get some lunch.
1: (laughs) That's what happens when you get an interview this early. They're still moving stuff into the building Oh, they're moving stuff For sure. I thought Bob was uh, hitting the the road there. That sounded like one of those nice big old U-Haul trucks that they're bringing. Yeah, Yeah, I was worried
3: about a little bit of the carbon monoxide poisoning that's happening there in that area. Bob seemed to
2: handle it just fine. He did. He did. Well, the one thing that surprises me about what he just said there, though, is that uh, the starting five is pretty well mapped out. That tells me Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo are in pretty good shape to get the four and five spots, at least in the minds of Bob Melvin. Uh, you know, I don't know what that means for Adrian Adrian Morejon and some of the others, but it sounds like the Padres are pretty well locked in on four or five. Which I, you know, I think Nick Martinez not a surprise. Seth Lugo, you know, he's a reliever last year. So, I mean, yeah. to me, he's still got to show me a little something before I'm, you know, feeling 100% comfortable with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, but this is why spring training, you have it, right? Because Adrian morton could come out and show what he showed before he had the elbow injury in terms of, of starting. And so then that starts to complicate things. I mean, it's not like Bo Mel is, is cemented on these decisions, right? Remember last year, he was pretty adamant he didn't want to have a six-man rotation, and that's it, what he ended up that's having. That's what exactly not only did he end up having it, he kinda ended up liking having it at the end. So, um, you know, I, I don't think Bob is is above seeing something in spring and and changing course if he needs to. But right now, yeah, Seth Lugo, Nick Martinez, certainly, you know, if it and look, he didn't he didn't say that. He just said it's mapped out. Right. And so that would lead us to believe that Nick Martinez and Sev Lugo are the four or five. Maybe he sees it differently. We don't know. That's the beauty of spring training.
2: And uh, yes, uh, that is one of the beauties <laughs> of it indeed. Uh, of course, uh, some other topics for Bob Melvin uh, here in spring training. You Darvish got a contract extension and uh, Bob
4: Melvin was asked about what that means. I'm, I'm all for it. So I, I, um, I, I was excited to hear about it like I'm sure everybody was in the clubhouse and you know, if, if anybody is able to pitch a little bit later in their career and get this type of an extension, uh, it certainly is him. He proved that last year. Um, you know, the, the work that he puts in, the dedication. You know, he, he's he's at home here in San Diego. This is where he wants to end his career. So I think all those things, all those things came together, and a lot of it had to do with how he performed last year.
2: Yeah, you Darvish will be, uh, probably finishing at San Diego. At least we hope that's we how sure it hope works so. out. So, uh, Bob Melvin's going to have a, an anchor for his uh, rotation. Certainly moving forward with you Darvish. Um, all right. So last thing for Bob Melvin in this particular segment, Fernando Tatis Jr. Everybody's excited about Fernando. Has his attitude changed at all over the past year? Bob Melvin was asked about that.
4: I think in the last couple of weeks, whether it's Fan Fest and he's been in San Diego for quite a while working out, there have been a lot of guys there. I think that kinda eases the transition. He seems like he's been in a really good mood. I know he's he's motivated to, to get out on a baseball field and help his team win and, and I see a smile on his face every day. Um, you know, he gets healthier and healthier every day. He was hitting on the field the other day. So I, I think more than anything, he's just trying to put this behind him, go out there and be there for his team and, and be that type of energetic uh, you know, type guy that you know, everybody kind of feels and, and you know, one of those guys that teams revolve around.
2: You know, what's funny is if you go back to the first weekend of August, Tony, when the whole thing came out about you know, the performance-enhancing situation with Fernando Tatis Jr., I remember saying then, let time pass. Of course. Because eventually we will be ready to welcome him back. I don't know that we thought we'd be as ready to welcome him back by the start of spring training. But I really don't see anybody out there with a you know show-me-what-you've-got attitude. Everybody's attitude seems to be, hey, he's going to be back 20 games into the season. First we're going to watch him in spring training, and then we're just going to start rolling him out there.
1: Yeah, you you know, part of me believes that gift came from the Padres getting to the NLCS last year. Had they folded earlier than that, maybe even first round, there would have been a lot of blame that went to Fernando. But I think uh, the Padres and them getting that deep, right, without him, it allowed people to see, okay, man, we got that far Without Fernando, imagine what this team could be with him, right? And so, not only, you know, did time help that. I think the Padres playing as well as they did, and really allow. Because let's be honest from the from the moment the Padres clinched, and I had to say even before they clinched, I think people had kind of started to already move on at least in terms of that particular season, right? And then you get into the playoffs, you beat the Mets, you beat the you beat the Dodgers, right? And I just think that then uh, gives more time. And now you're seeing actual time tick off the amount of games he's going to actually miss come next season, right? It's been dwindled down to 20. And so I just think that that's a gift that, that Fernando has. But to his credit, everything that we've seen from him to this point – has been exactly what you would want to see from somebody who made the type of mistake he's made. So I, I think people are certainly – I think you're right. I think they are ready for him to come back, They're ready to embrace him with open arms. Um, there's still going to be a, a small segment of people out there that are going to be like, show me what you got still. But I think for the most part, as we saw at FanFest, uh, those people are going to be the, the small minority.
2: There was a two-hour line to meet Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> exactly. I think that'll give you an idea just how much San Diego still loves him. All right, uh, we'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, earlier visit with Matt Snyder, CBS Sports, getting us ready for all of Major League Baseball 2023. That comes up when Gwen and Chris returns. Welcome back, welcome back. 5.39 is the time. Crisello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Mr. Scraby. Quick note before we get to our uh, interview of the day with Matt Snyder, uh, talking some uh, good Padre baseball and uh, looking ahead to this upcoming baseball season. Sad note in the world of the NFL, Scraby, guy who played before your time, uh, offensive lineman for the Cardiac Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals in the mid-'70s. They were coached by one Don Coriel. He had a guard by the name of Conrad Dobler, passed away today at the age of 72. Dobler was a three-time Pro Bowl selection and earned quite the reputation. Sports Illustrated in 1977 put him on the cover of their magazine and declared him as, quote, Pro football's dirtiest player ever. <laughs> Dobler did not dispute the charge. Of course not. He said, I'd do anything I can get away with to protect my quarterback. He was blamed for punching Mean Joe Green. kicking. Oh, well, mean it. Joe Green's nickname is mean. I so. know, but Mean Joe Green was pretty nice. Uh, Dobler was not nice. He once kicked Merlin Olsen, the Hall of Famer, right in the head. Uh, he, was, he was nasty. Back in the day when you could you could get away with being nasty a little bit, and Dobler used to uh, used to just eat it up when he was considered to be the uh, the meanest player in all of football. Passed away today at the age of seventy two. So um, that's kind of a good nickname to have. Uh, Conrad Dobler played at the University of Wyoming. Same uh, same school as Josh Allen. Many oh. years apart, obviously. Wonder if they've ever met. Uh, they probably have. Well, here's the cover shot of him on uh, Sports Illustrated Conrad Dobler, the Cardinals. Pro football's dirtiest player. I love that nickname. Yeah, that was him. All right, let's check some traffic. Then get into uh, some baseball chat with our good friend, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter.
2: Joining us on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, this segment, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. All of us in San Diego, happy to put the NFL season in our rearview mirror and look ahead to what should be an amazing baseball season. Matt, how are you today? Thanks for joining us.
5: I'm great. Uh, You know, I, I was rooting for the Eagles, but, you know, I'm not an Eagles fan, so I'm not heartbroken or anything. And, hey, it's good to turn the page and get right into spring training.
2: Let's go, let's go. How excited? Well, I know how excited we should be, but how excited do you think we will be as the season plays along here in San Diego? Do you? Do you? I mean, you got to buy the hype. The question is, can the Padres live up to the hype? Right?
5: That's always the difficult part, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You know, it can happen. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, it it's not that the, it, all any turn no turnaround is going to be parallel or anything, but we've seen it come to fruition with teams like the Cubs from 2015 to 2016, the Astros from their build in 2015 and 16 to 2017. Um, and the, obviously the continuation of that, uh, the Braves when their turnaround happened around 2019. Uh, so we've seen some teams live up to it, uh, but you know, I mean throughout history's littered with teams who couldn't live up to it because the ultimate goal is absurdly hard. And we haven't had a repeat champion in baseball <laughs> since, the, what, the turn of the century. So it just shows how hard it is to win the World Series. Um, and obviously that's the ultimate goal with the Padres. I feel like uh having gotten to the NLCS, just getting back there, you, you hate to say it, but it kind of would be a failure, wouldn't it, if they didn't even get back to the NLCS, or even if they did just get to the NLCS. So you got to get to the World Series at least and then try to win it. So it's a, it's a battle, but they have the horses. They've got the talent.
1: Yeah, it certainly feels like especially going through Fan Fest that it it would be a letdown anything besides getting to a World Series. We'll we'll see. Now, I know you've paid close attention to this team, Matt. Do you see or where do you see the weakness or weaknesses for the Padres going into spring training?
5: Well, one of the, one of the things that was so good about the Dodgers throughout their run of you know, the winning division pretty much every year in the year, they didn't win it. They won 106 games Um, is they have so much organizational depth that, you know, they go into the season with like seven or eight starting pitchers or something like that. I I feel like maybe the Padres don't have as much organizational depth. If you look right now at the end of back into the rotation, Martinez and Lugo, let's say neither one of them works out and they both have bad years kind of worrisome, at least in the regular season. I do think once you get to the playoffs, if you have Darvish, Musgrove, and Snell firing in all cylinders, not, probably not that big of a deal. But in the regular season, it could pose a bit of an issue, something like that. Um, but that's pretty much all I've got, man. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good everywhere else. So, And, and here's the thing. The top-end talent is so good, there's a distinct possibility that the organizational depth won't even be a
2: concern. So
5: that's the thing, is like, a lot of teams you might say well you need more depth in the outfield or something like that but if you look at the Padres and especially once Tatis is off suspension which won't even be that long when you say man when you're starting with Tatis, Soto, Machado and Bogarts and then even looping in Cronenworth it's like man they have so much top end talent I don't even think it matters if there's not that much depth
2: Matt Snyder is with us from CBS Sports. Uh, talking some baseball, talking about this upcoming Padres season. Matt, uh, you probably have followed Xander Bogarts a little more closely than the rest of us. American League, we don't see the Boston Red Sox too often. Tell us exactly kind of what the Padres are getting with Xander Bogarts and why he was the perfect fit and the perfect guy to get this offseason. Well, he's a
5: he's a professional hitter. I mean, and it's I I I do wonder now with uh, the shift kind of going away. I mean, you can still kind of do some stuff, but it kind of goes away. I wonder about guys that don't strike out a ton and guys hit for a good batting average. If they're going to be even bigger commodities than they were before. And you're talking about a guy who pretty much always was hovering around 300. If not over last year, 307 last year, 295 the year before that 300, 309. I mean, you're getting a guy who's going to hit for average. And um, I don't know if we're ever going to see him hit 33 bombs again like he did in 2019. But even if if he's around 15 like he did last season or 23 the year before, that's a pretty good stick to have right there when you've got the likes of Machado and Soto. And, by the way, I think Soto's going to have a much better year this year than he did last year. Um, but, yeah, it's, Bogart, you're going to get a high average. Um, some of those doubles uh, – That might have been the product of the Green Monster. I wonder if you, you know, some of those are going to be flyouts, but some of them might be home runs. Um, But he's, you're going to get batting average and not a ton of strikeouts is going to be the main thing offensively.
1: Matt Snyder joins us here, CBSSports.com. Matt, Padres recently extended you, Darvish, six years, $108 million. Uh, How did you see uh, this deal from your standpoint?
5: (laughs) I, that was kind of my first reaction as I laughed at the years, <laughs> kind of like I'm Bogarts, because you do feel like Preller is really guarding the the uh, the luxury tax situation there by giving him so many extra years, um, where they're not necessarily even going to be counting on them to play. I mean, what's it? Darsh is like 36. Yeah, he's 36. So that takes him to th- through age 42. Um, he he could still be productive. You never know. He knows how to pitch, but. uh the main thing for me was the years and I I think that Preller's really onto something here on we'll figure it out later for now let's you know let's extend the years beyond where we even want the guys so it's not that much of a blow on the luxury tax so it's kind of brilliant
2: Should the fans in San Diego not be worried about the extensions of Manny Machado and Juan Soto Matt I mean we get get these phone calls and, and, and texts and emails all the time people are You know, what are we going to do in 2024? What are we going to do about these guys moving forward? Tony and I keep trying to tell everybody, maybe we ought to focus on 2023 and just enjoy what the Padres have. Is that a possible distraction, though, for them?
5: I wouldn't think so. I mean, Soto had to deal with the trade rumors all year last year, and that has to be a lot harder than worrying about an extension because he's going to get so much money. Nobody in his family is ever going to have to worry about money again. Uh, so I, I would think the trade possibilities would be a lot more effect on the psyche than, than, a, than a contract extension, especially when you're as good as he is. And Machado, I mean, he already played through stuff like that. Um, and he even got traded to the Dodgers and he still had a big year that year. So I, I wouldn't worry about either one of those guys. They're pros. Um, I, I would I would focus, say it to the fans I, just to go along with what you were saying Look, so much of our time as sports fans, I understand, is looking toward the future. Right. right. Uh, but when you have that team, this is what you've been looking for all those years. You, you know, I, I'm a Cubs fan. 2016 was what I was for my entire <laughs> right, life. Right. And I, I didn't, I didn't care about 2017 or 18 or 19 during 2016 because that's what you wanted. The Padres are there. This is, this is the year that they should win the World Series. If I was a fan, I would say, I don't care about 2024. Now, it, obviously, if you don't win the World Series, then now all of a sudden <laughs> right. you have to care about it. But, man, enjoy the ride that's coming up because it really could be the one. And then who cares after that, man? You wanted the ride your whole life. Enjoy the ride.
1: I couldn't agree more. Matt Snyder joins us. And, Matt, so many new faces, so many new rules coming into play. What are some of the things as we head into spring training that you're looking forward to most, some of the storylines, even maybe even some of the rules that are changing that you're looking to, looking forward to most as we go into spring training?
5: Um, I'm looking forward to the, the step-off rule, and not allowing the pitchers to step off a million times. Hopefully it spurs more base stealing. I don't know if it will. I know a, a lot of the reason teams don't run nowadays is more to just it's not really worth the risk. So I don't know if it changes the calculus much, but between the bigger bases and not being able to step off so many times, I feel like maybe we'll see a little more running game and Hey, action on the field's good. I mean, I love home runs as much as anybody, but one of the biggest problems in baseball is how much it has become walk, strikeout and home run friendly. Yeah, no doubt. So anytime you can get something that's going to spur more action on the bases, I think that's a major plus. So that's the biggest thing for me is I,
2: I want to see more running. I mean, stolen bases are fun. How about the pitch clock, Matt? I mean, we, we've we been told that it's going to work. We've been told that everybody's going to get used to it. How much yeah. fun are we going to have while everybody's getting used to it, though, and complaining about it? <laughs> um, I That's hard to tell
5: because, you know, once they get to the big leagues, and I'm thinking about guys like Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer who haven't been in the minors forever, and you become creatures of habit – um, I remember, like, stepping out of the box saying how much – like, Adrian Beltre, you remember, he would always accidentally step way out and go, oh, my bad, and David Ortiz complained about it, and I, they're creatures of habit, there might be a lot of complaints, um, but I, I in terms of watching the game, I went to a few minor league games after they put the pitch clock in just to see it. And you really stop noticing it pretty quick maybe after the second or third inning and you just start watching the game and the, the, it's it's so much faster it, or at least it feels like it and I think that's the main thing is even if it doesn't shave that much time off the game it needs to feel like it's moving and it's more exciting and it, it kind of is tied to what I said about the stolen bases like a little more pep in the game is never going to hurt anything so I'm looking forward to it and uh, I'm looking forward to the guys working faster but yeah there might be some complaints I, I've been thinking about like when they started checking the pitchers for the sticky stuff, and like Sergio Romo, I think guys threw a bit, full like, on breakdown, took off his entire pants. And,
1: yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, there might be some.
5: There might be some temper tantrums over like when the clock starts and saying they don't have enough time. I don't know, but I feel like it, yeah, it will adjust. Uh, it might be harder for the pitchers to adjust, but you know what? It's a game of adjustments anyway.
2: Well, Matt, uh, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, We know you're in it for the long haul. It's going to be hopefully a tremendous year, 2023, here in San Diego. We appreciate you kind of helping us kick it off, and uh, thanks for uh, your involvement in this show. We always look forward to having you on, and we'll look forward to having you on again soon. Thanks, Matt. Matt. Hey, my pleasure. Take care. All right, there he goes, Matt Snyder from uh, CBS Sports. Uh, dot com. On the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, save money the right way with premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. Let's find new roads, and uh, we got to take one of those roads and get up on out of here. Uh, pretty much coming into the end of the program. We'll talk more baseball tomorrow. Yonder Alonzo, he's uh, related to uh, Manny, Manny Machado, Machado right? I think their brother brother-in-law. Brothers-in-law. Yes, yes. Yes, he will be on the program tomorrow. Also, I know Scraby, looking forward to a... Uh, no, I'm not. Another pop quiz. Tuesday is pop quiz day.
3: <sighs> I'm not looking forward Tony's to it. Tony's already him.
2: gone home to start preparing. No, he has not. <laughs> come on. Come on. He's got to start looking Fred things beli- up.
3: You know what's really funny, Chris? I was looking what's through that? my phone yesterday for like different guests I could reach out to to come on the show today. And no joke, Fred Bolitnikov was in my phone. (laughs) Fred
2: Bolitnikoff's in your phone.
3: Yes, I at some point I must have reached out to him. Um, Apparently,
2: Fred uh, Bolitnikov, my wife uh, ran into his wife at some wine tasting event just last week. He's popping up all over the place. That is crazy. Does he live here? That's funny that Tony guessed Fred Bolitnikov because I met his wife. The other day, it's some wine tasting thing. That is really funny. I think it was up in the Bay Area. I don't think it was here. Oh, because he's a Raider guy. He was a Raider guy. Um, anyway, yeah. You should try Fred to get Bullin- him on. Fred Balitnikoff become very famous on this program after the <laughs> that is amazing. wild guess that Tony made last week. All right. For Tony, for Scraby, tune in tomorrow, 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock. We'll have some more crazy antics. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your Monday night. North Carolina down eight at home to Miami with about a minute to play. Looks like North Carolina is going to lose yet another game. They're going to be their 10th loss They're this season. They're going to season. miss the journey. They very well could. All right. We'll find out as the week goes along. Have a good one, everybody. So long.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,